man, I, I was just like overcome at that moment as we were singing that song in here. It was, it was just like something, I don't know. I just needed that reminder. And it was just such a gift. I know you're, you're probably something like me where you're like, man, there, there's some high highs, but there's some low lows in this season. And so it is good to be reminded of the powerful name of Jesus. And so I'm just grateful that we get to gather around the word and worship Jesus tonight. And so let's turn in the scriptures to 1 Timothy 4, verses 12 through 16 is where we're going to be tonight. And it says this, Let no one despise you for your youth, but set the believers an example in speech, in conduct, in love, in faith, in purity. Until I come, devote yourself to the public reading of scripture, to exhortation, to teaching. Do not neglect the gift you have, which was given to you by prophecy when the council of elders laid their hands on you. So practice these things. Immerse yourself in these things so that all may see your progress. Verse 16, keep a close watch on yourself and on the teaching. And it goes on to finish the the rest of the chapter, but that's where we're going to be tonight. And all you need to know is that from this passage, this is Paul speaking to Timothy. So older male speaking to younger male. And he's just saying, hey, I'm telling you how to move forward. Paul's about to go off the radar. He, He knows he's in prison and probably about to be killed. And so he's helping Timothy understand, how do we change the world moving forward when God's people are being taken out left and right? And so Paul is telling Timothy, how do we change the world? So as we look to the scriptures and as we think about the question, hey Siri, how do we change the world? We're looking here in the text. And I want us to see a few things tonight. I want to just stick to the scripture tonight. And the first thing I want us to see is this. We change the world by setting the example, no matter your age. Verse 12, let no one despise you for your youth. You see, I I, want to just warn you right now. What this isn't saying is go and be prideful and don't listen to anyone that's older. That's not what this text is saying. But in fact, it's saying, hey, don't wait till you get old to set the example. Don't wait till later to walk in maturity with Christ. Don't wait until later. It says, set the example no matter your age. And we're going to keep it really simple tonight. We're going to run through the five different ways that we can set the example and then therefore we can change the world. And so the first thing, we set the example no matter your age by first our speech. Our speech. We know in other parts of scripture that we as believers are meant to be preservatives of this world. Our words are meant to be preservers. Our our, our words are meant to preserve those around us. It's meant to be uh, seasoned with salt. And in fact, I I don't necessarily go to Harris Creek, but the last three weeks have been about using your words wisely. So I would just encourage you, go check that out. That's a great resource of how do we set the example with our speech. But in summary, we must use our speech, not just to not say bad things. I think sometimes we get caught up in that. We're like, oh, well, you know, I just can't say curse words. I'm like, no, 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 we can use our words. We can set the example with our speech, not just by what we don't say, but by what we do say. We can encourage, we can care for, we can love, we can, we can uh, treat others with respect and honor. 
And even the best way to use our words is by sharing the gospel, the good news of what Christ has done. We can share what God has done in our lives and taking us not just from death to life, but also growing us over time in this process called sanctification. I call it the process of life. As we follow Jesus, it's just becoming more like him. We can use our words to talk about all those things, but we waste so many words. We talked earlier in the semester about how I found myself getting caught up in all my opinions and thoughts. And we even wanted to hear, like people were constantly like, Dale, what do you think about, are we going to have a football game? And I'd be like, I don't know. It doesn't really matter what I think. And I, I, I really think that in this season, there is so much opportunity to waste our words and, and, one way for me in particular this weekend was I was in Dallas with all my college roommates, which was the most amazing thing. Like one day you're going to graduate and you're going to have some reunion where you get to be with your, your friends and, and it's the most beautiful thing. So I'm with them. And these people, they, I, they, I love them. They love me. There's mutual trust. There's four years of established relationship. There's four years of relational capital of living in a bunk bed, right? You're like, you don't get that anywhere else. That level of trust, right? And I'm in the, I'm in the room with them. We're, we're staying in a hotel and, and I'm at dinner. And I found myself like thinking, you know, I, I, these people trust me. So I can, I can like, be a little bit looser with my speech. And I can let my guard down because of who I'm with. And I'd sneak in, honestly, just a, a what the hell. Or a, I would even start curse words. I don't even, I don't know why. I just, honestly, for comic relief or approval. And it was like, this is the weirdest thing. These are the people that I love the most. Like, why would I, why would I not set the example in speech around people that I know are believers and walking with Jesus? Like, what am I doing? And I'm like, and I'm going to have to teach on that on Monday. Like what, what in the world is going on? And I just, it reminded me that like, we're so quick to, to almost uh, think of excuses for when we shouldn't, or we don't have to be an example with our speech. There's all these, well, it's all just on the basketball court, man. It's just, it gets me going, man. I can't stop. I'm like, what, why, why do we make these excuses when we're just called to set the example, no matter our age and our speech. And the last, last way, I think we can do this the best as believers and it, it is by not gossiping. I know there's, there's ways to use our words to set the example in speech, but, but one of the ways we can best set the example is by not gossiping. And here's why. Here's what you need to know. Gossip is contrary to the gospel. You see, the gospel says that the sins of you and me were nailed to a cross. They were defeated. They were taken away. And so as you're talking about the people around you and the mistakes they made last weekend and this and that, I want you to know the go that gossip is contrary to the gospel. That, that no one wants to be known for their sin. So why would you tell other people or talk about other people and identify them as their sin when we as believers aren't identified by ours, right? Like, I don't wanna be known for my sin. That's good news that we don't have to be known for all the crazy ways that we've fallen short. Whether it be in action or in thought, I don't have to be known for that. Therefore, I shouldn't talk about Others, 
in the way that they are different or weird. Like I'm, I'm a weird guy. Like people could talk tons of trash about how weird I am. I, I, I obsess over random things. I think Craigslist is the coolest thing ever. I think, you know, I want to buy a van again. Nobody knows what a van again is. It's a Volkswagen, like 1980s van. I'm an absolute weirdo sometimes. I'm like, I just have this cool obsession with old vans. I'm like, who cares? People have reason to, to talk trash about other people, but what they don't understand is those reasons aren't worth our words. Your opinion on how somebody else is weird does not matter. And honestly, we don't want to be treated that way. We don't want to be talked about in that way. But most importantly, we don't want to be known for our sin. We don't identify by our sin. That's the gospel. That's the good news of the gospel. Therefore, we don't gossip. So the first way we set the example, no matter our age, is in our speech. The second that we see from the scriptures is speech. We set believers an example in speech and in conduct. So it's not just talking the talk. It's, it's walking the walk. And, and I love that... Uh, Paul writes in Titus 1.16 that they profess that they know God, but in the works they deny him. Like it's popular. Thousands of years ago, it was popular to talk the talk, but not walk the walk, right? Insert Pharisees, right? Jesus calls them out. He quotes the passage from Isaiah. He said, you guys worship and praise me with your lips, but your hearts are far from me. This is not new, that it's not just speech that we're meant to set the example in. It's also our conduct. It's our conduct. And as I was thinking about like, what's the best way to illustrate our conduct? I thought of the dumbest example in the history of preaching. And here's, here it is, here it is. I thought of those times where you go to Torchy's and you ask for a water cup. And that, I mean, it's like a shot glass. You're like, man, this isn't even, I mean, you can't even get hydrated on this, right? You're like 75% of Americans are gonna die of dehydration or excuse me, they don't die of dehydration. That was dramatic. They experience dehydration and they're gonna go ahead and give me a shot glass over here. You know what? I'm gonna take this glass. I'm gonna walk up and I'm just gonna fill it with Sprite because nobody can see, right? And it was like the dumbest thing that came to my head. But what I loved as I thought about this example is that it starts small, like our conduct, it starts in the little things. It always starts in the little things. But conduct has a huge impact over time. And what I want you to know is that we must beware of the small compromises because they lead to bigger compromises. Like our conduct is so important, whether it's something small, like getting the drink that we actually ordered or something big. We're meant to be an example, set the example, no matter our age and our conduct. Next, we see love. We're just going word by word here. I love this. Love. We set the example with our love. And this, this is crazy to me. Like we have the most loving God in the universe. And yet we still lack love. And I think part of it is because we don't have a right understanding of love, like true love. And what I mean by true love is not the bar that's on like Franklin or whatever. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about true love, i.e. 1 Corinthians 13, patience, kindness. When you think of love, you probably think of a feeling. And that's not, we're not to set the example in feelings, Right? Feelings of love. No, no, no. We're meant to set the example in the sacrifice, in the service, in the patience. 
with one another. Why? Because God has shown an incredible amount of patience with you and with me. That's true love. And I, I just want you to know this, this is where it's, it's crazy that we miss the mark on love because this is exactly who God is. Like this is the most clear picture of who God is shown in the cross that God the Father would love us so much that he'd give up his son. And I, I think that falls on deaf ears for some of us because we're like, well, I don't really have a son. I don't know what it would be like. But after being with friends this weekend who have like two kids and all these kids that are being talked about, I'm like, man, I, I just, they're not even my kids. And I'm like, I just can't imagine one of my roommates giving up his son for others. Like it's inconceivable to me, truly. Yet that's what God did on our behalf to show us how much he loves us. And yet we, we hear that passage, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son. And we're like, ah, whatever. Give me something more. Give me some dating advice. What? Like God loves us. In fact, I think we have such a, 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 a low view of love. Like I, I went and heard, I think I was at church like a couple Sundays ago and uh, at Highland, somebody, John read 1 Corinthians 13. And I, I, I promise you the words, love is not irritable and resentful. I think that's the way it goes. I had never read that before about love. Like I, it was like new to me. I was like, I didn't know that love wasn't irritable or resentful. I've never seen this before. Are you serious? Like, this is amazing. I should read this passage more often because I think I know what love is, but I, I was missing it. And I think we should be the most loving people. And not so that people could be like, man, that guy is loving or that girl is loving. Not to be applauded by men. But loving is the right response to God's love for us. Like we love him and we love others because of the love that he's given us. It's a very simple, very simple relationship that changes the way that we treat those around us. So we set the example in speech, conduct, love. Here we go. Last two, faith. Faith, we set the example in faith by trusting God, being faithful to him. What's faith? It's, it's living uh, one day at a time for him. Just one step at a time for him. Trusting, not in what we see, but in him. It's, it's hope in unseen, in what's unseen, what we can't see. That no matter the pandemic, no matter the valley, no matter what our parents are going through, no matter how many classes we're failing this semester, no matter whatever, it's a faith. It's an anchor for our souls. It's a trust that God is sovereign. And honestly, one of the best indicators of faith in our lives is, is something very simple. And in fact, I think this is like one of the best indicators of being a Christian. Like if you're abiding, then this is one of the best indicators. If you're seeking Jesus, if you're walking with Jesus, if you have a right relationship with Jesus, here is one of the key indicators. And all those things, it's the key indicator for faith. You ready for this? It's prayer. And it's not like talking at God all the time. It's like a relationship. 
And it's not just, God, will you do this right now? Will you help me on this test? Is it A, B, C, D, or E? I don't know. That's not the prayers I'm talking about. I'm talking about prayers with, with and for the people that are the furthest from God. Big prayers, like mountain moving prayers. And as we're interacting with the people around us, it's like faith and this indication of faith. One of the best ways to think about it is if you're having a conversation with a friend, you're praying like, God, what do you want me to say? What do you, how do you want me to encourage the person that's in front of me? How do you want me to interact with this person? How can I show grace? How can I encourage them? How can I remind them of your sovereignty? Even just today, somebody came to my office and asked for some advice with something in particular. And I was like, quick, I'm like, I got five things of how you should do this, you know, and with whatever this dude was going through. And then I was like, God, what, what am I doing? Like, I'm not gonna give him five sermons. Who cares what I have to say? God, would you, would you help me? What do you really want to say to this, this friend? That's faith. I think we're most faithful to God when we're thinking of him. And when we're using and praying, we're praying for the right words to use and share. That's what faith looks like. It's not living for ourselves. It's, it's looking to Jesus and listening to him. And the last thing is purity. We set the example, no matter the age, speech, conduct, love, faith, purity. I want you to memorize these things. If you don't have anything to memorize this week, this is the verse. We're gonna finish with purity here. Here's what you need to know. While Paul was writing this to Timothy, Ephesus was this place of sexual immorality, impurity. It was filled with it. It was even, it still can be found to this day. There's like rocks where things are inscribed where it's like, here's where the prostitutes are. Like that's in the archeology. span If you don't believe in the Bible, here's the reality. This text is about something that you can find even to this day, something to consider. Here's the deal. We set the example in purity and Paul was reminding Timothy, this is important, especially in Ephesus, which is where you're doing ministry. And so we should ask the question, how do we set the example in purity? That question is so much better than our most natural question, which is how far is too far? So let's talk about relationships for like two seconds. In setting the example in purity, we create boundaries and we commit to them and we're accountable to others for them. That's what it looks like to set the example in purity. And if you're like, well, where's the line? Where's the line, Dale? When your body is preparing itself for sex, that's the line. You see, by God's design, sex is made for marriage. Therefore, the line of when our bodies are preparing itself for sex is that line shouldn't be crossed. And I just want you to think about that. That's something to consider as you create those boundaries, as you set the example in purity. But what you need to know about purity is that relational purity comes best from a foundation of personal purity. Relational purity comes best from a foundation of personal purity. So porn and masturbation and lust, they don't have to have a hold on our lives. We can confess sin. We can remove access. We can repent. We can become accountable. Guys and girls, 
we can move forward in freedom. We can set the example in purity. And I, I just spent some time talking about relationship and personal purity. Really purity could even be purity of heart. Like to not be manipulative, to not do things for social status. There's so many ways that we can be pure people and set the example no matter our age. And so while we're on the topic of relationships, last thing on relationships, here's the deal. Oftentimes people will say, you know, well, who am I supposed to date? What am I supposed to look for? Here's what you need to look for. These five things. Speech, conduct, love, faith, purity. Are they setting the example in those things? Are you setting the example in those things? And if they are and they're running after Jesus the same way you're running after Jesus, then that's great. You say, hey, do you like ice cream? Why don't we have some ice cream together, right? All right, that's all, that's all it takes. That's who you date. And I just want you to hear this clearly. I'm not just gonna ask you to be better for the sake of being better. That's not the gospel. That's not the gospel. The gospel is we've fallen short. We have a God who loves us. And because we have a God who loves us and we're, when we're in relationship with him, we become more like him. And then therefore we set the example like him. And what it ends up doing is we're not just doing this for our own good. Here's what happens. There was a student who was a part of Vertical not long ago. And she became a believer after an extremely traumatic early start to college. Like stuff where you're like, she was wrestling with how could God really allow this to happen kind of stuff. She starts following Jesus. She believes in the love of God. Over time, she begins to set the example. She doesn't wait until, you know, later down the road when she grows, in, grows up and it has a job to set the example in faith. She doesn't wait. She starts to set the example in faith. And over time, her mom starts to see this. And she's like, wow, my daughter was, was, had something crazy happen to her in college, but then she met Jesus and this is how she's responding. This is her attitude. This is what she's doing now. I can't believe the grace that she's showing and, go, and the way that she's handling this. Like what's, what's going on here? And over time, the mom's heart starts to change because the daughter is starting to follow Jesus. She's setting the example, even though she's, not let, even though she's really young, She's like, no, no, no. I'm going to set the example no matter the age. And her mom comes to know Jesus. You see, it's not just be good for yourself. It's like the way the world is changed is when they see you respond differently than the world is responding. This is honestly a fairly easy season to look different from the world. It's a fairly easy season to be filled with grace, to not be filled with fear, to, to be connected to Jesus in a way that you're at peace. I mean, if you're at peace these days because you're in right relationship with Jesus, you will be setting the example in a way that will set you apart so much. People are gonna be like, what do you have? I want that. We set the example no matter the age. And so let's humbly outpace everyone around us. Let's outpace our parents, humbly, keyword, humbly. Outpace our parents, setting the example. Outpace our professors, our life group leaders, our CLs. Humbly set the example, humbly outpace others. 
And so in summary, what Paul is telling Timothy is he's like, hey, don't worry what anyone else thinks. Set the example, no matter your youth. You don't need to be 80 to set the example. And so that's how we set the example. That's how we change the world. And this passage is one of my favorite passages in the scriptures because of verse 16. You know, this, this verse is kind of celebrated. It's like, nobody, don't let anyone look down at you for your youth to set the example in speech, conduct, love, faith, and purity. All right, let's go. Let's take the hill. Here, here's, here's something that I want to just end with. Verse 16 is really, really clear. Keep a close watch on yourself and on the teaching. Keep a close watch. This you cannot miss. You cannot miss that Paul is telling Timothy, hey, we tend to go with the wind. We don't tend to set the example. We tend to flail with the wind. So he's saying, keep a close watch. And I was just thinking, how do we do this now, these days? Well, for one, we have community. It's like week seven or eight. I actually don't, I don't know what week it is. It's something like that. If you're not connected to the local church, to community, then I just want to challenge you. Like you need to connect to a church this week. Plug in, go all in this week. Be a part of a community group. Be accountable to somebody. So go to, be connected in a way that you can confess sin. You can repent when wrong. You can see your stuff. Other people can see your stuff. They can speak into your stuff. That's how we keep a close watch is by being in right fellowship and community. And those are buzzwords like just be friends and be looking to Jesus with other people. But what it requires in keeping a close watch, being in community is part of it, but having humility is the second part. Like it's one thing to be in a circle with some guys and girls and for them to call us on our stuff. It takes humility to listen to others. It takes humility to receive rebuke and just say, thank you for challenging me with that. You see, we keep a close watch by community, by humility, there's other ways too, but, but maybe the most important way that we keep a close watch is by being in an intimate relationship with Jesus. Like we keep a close watch by having a personal relationship. Like this is the best way. We spend time with Jesus. It's the key to setting the example. And when I think about this, I, I, I think that like recently, even this semester, especially, like I haven't done this well, but I've started to carve out more time recently. I've, I've realized I've, I've had to start trying to spend more time with Jesus. And what I've learned is that the Holy Spirit like keeps me on a very, very short leash. Like he doesn't let me get away with too much when I'm going to spend time with, with God. And I love that. Like, that's how we keep a close watch. We go to spend time with Jesus. Like last week, I go to spend time with Jesus. And he's like, Dale, why, why, did, you, why did you say that? That thing to get attention from others. I'm like, oh my gosh. 
I'm sorry, Lord. You know, it's just like you go to spend time with Jesus. You spend time with the Holy Spirit. He's, he's going to come in. He's going to expose sin. You just got to ask him to expose sin. You know, it doesn't take very long. And so one of the best ways we can keep a close watch is by having a personal and intimate relationship. If you want to keep a close watch, stay really, really close to the shepherd. You're just a sheep. You and I are sheep. Like we just have to stay really close to him. And he'll, he'll you know, guide us with his rod. He'll give us direction. But that comes from like being near him. Dare I say like listening to him. Those are a few of the ways that we keep a close watch. We have to watch our own hearts because uh, we're just prone to wander. Like, I wish I could explain to you that like when I was in your shoes, I honestly thought I would be like better by now. And, and I don't, I'm not saying like, I'm living in sin in this crazy way, but I just want you to know that like my heart still, still is being transformed to have the appetite to want the things that Jesus wants because often I am so prone to wander. I have to keep a very, very close watch. And I just want you to know that, that maybe you too should do whatever it takes to keep a close watch on yourself. Because we have an enemy that's deceptive. And the scriptures even say our hearts can be deceptive. They can, they can trick us. So we must have structures to keep a close watch on us. So in summary, we set the example no matter our age. We set the example in speech, conduct, love, faith, and purity. And then we keep a close watch. And it, honestly, this feels like kind of simple. Like as I was reading through this, I was like, this is, this is kind of weird how simple it is. Yet we don't do it well. And so as we close, I just want to encourage you with this one last piece which is yes, I'm encouraging you to set the example to change the world, but something that I've, I've fallen into and I kind of just riffed on it a little bit, but something that I've really wrestled with this semester more than any other semester is this. And it's really a warning to you and it's a warning to me as well. And it's that when it comes to setting the example, that's a lot of doing. Set the example in speech, conduct, love, faith, and purity. I've said it a million times. Go memorize it. Yes, yes, yes. Go do, 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 do. That's what a lot of sermons are about. That's what a lot of time with people is about. Go do, go do, go do, go do. Here's the reality. One thing that we forget about in Christianity is that it's all dependent upon a relationship with God. We do because we first be. Here's what I mean by that. Everything that we do in setting the example comes from first being with God, just as I said earlier, intimacy with Jesus is the key to keeping a close watch, but it's also the key to setting the example. It's the key to our entire lives. And I think so many of us, we get caught up in the horizontal. 
And the do, 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 set the example, set the example, set the example. I gotta love my neighbor, I gotta do these things. Those are all great things, but they all come from an overflow of sitting and being in personal, intimate relationship with Jesus. And maybe you are like me and you love to do in order to earn God's love and that's not possible. There's nothing we can do to earn God's love. We must remind ourselves of that every single day. Be with God. Be, as the scripture says, abide in my love. That is Jesus telling us to remain in his love, to stay connected to his love. And then therefore, because we have been with him, then we will set the example to look like him. You see, the doing always comes from the being. So be with him, sit with him, be in his word, be with his people, be satisfied and content in his presence. You see, as we go and we sit with him and we experience his presence, which kind of, again, it kind of sounds a little bit weird to just sit in the presence of God. Like you got to carve out time and ideally time that, that doesn't have to end, that, that doesn't have a, you have to leave from. And as you go and, and you're being with God and you're listening to him and, and, and listening to the scriptures and, and worshiping alone, away from others, just like Jesus did. He went to a desolate place. As you go and you be with Jesus, then what ends up happening is it changes the way that you talk about other people. It changes the way that you act throughout the day. It changes the way that you love others because you've just abided in the love. It changes your faith as, as the world is crumbling. Your faith is like, you're like, no, no, there's so much hope to be had because of what Christ has done and your purity. Don't even get me started on purity. When you're satisfied in Christ, you don't have to look for love in a place like pornography. You can be fully satisfied by what God has done. Yes, there's plenty of things that are sexual problems when it comes to purity, but I think maybe most importantly, it's a spiritual problem. We're missing our understanding of, of love. When we turn to things like that, whatever it is, when we're satisfied in Christ, when we have been with him, then we can go do his work but we're such a culture that's built around performance and doing that we miss the main thing, which is that to sit at the feet of Jesus and be with him. And then we go and we give up our lives to serve him and to look like him in the way that we set the example. Let me pray that we would change the world by setting the example. God, would you help us Help us to leave here. Help us to leave here and set the example in speech, conduct, love, faith, and purity. Lord, I pray that. I pray that even over myself. Would you help me to set the example in all of these things? But Lord, would the doing come from first an intimate relationship with you, being with you, spending time with you, you speaking to me? Would you speak to the students that turn to you, that seek you, Lord. And over time, as they spend time with you, would, and as I spend time with you, would we become like you?
would we be an example to the world of who you are. And Lord, lastly, I pray that you would help us to keep a close watch. Would you bring friends that aren't scared of what we think, that aren't scared to call us on our crap, that aren't scared to step in and even just say, hey, hey man, I, I kind of, I thought I saw this, but I'm not sure if it's even real, but I just want to put it on your radar. Would you give us friends to help us keep a close watch? Would you give us humility to receive that? And would you give us a deep intimacy with you? I honestly pray, Holy Spirit, would you expose sin in our hearts and in our lives for those that are watching, anyone in the room? Holy Spirit, even tonight, would you expose sin in our lives? Would you expose pride? Would you expose selfishness? Would you expose our inability to trust in God, our lack of faith, our unbelief? Would you expose those things in our hearts? Thank you for your grace, Lord, that despite our sin, you love us. You took that sin, you nailed it to the cross. We don't identify by our sin, just as we don't identify others by their sin and gossip. God, thank you for that good news. That is what we hold on to. That is what we stand on. That is what we look to, to be free from sin because of the freedom that you provided on the cross. And we give you great thanks for that good news. It's in that heavenly and holy name of Jesus that we pray, amen.